Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. We're, we're living out what you tell us to do in the Bible. So, Father, I ask that you stretch the giving today, multiply it, and that all of it would go to your kingdom work. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen man, today I'm blessed. John Valentine is going to be speaking. And for those of you that don't know, John Valentine is on the executive team of our church, which is the highest level that you can get. And that's because there's no higher level than the executive team. It's like, that's not, I don't know. You know we're not really like that. Man. We're just trying to figure this. We have meetings here trying to figure it out, and the Lord does the opposite all the time. But we try. We try. But I say that to say I trust him, and I trust, I, I trust what's inside of him, and I know that we're better because God has brought this family to our house. So I want you guys to honor him as he comes up, and I want you to lean into the message God has given him. Can we honor him this morning as he comes? was so good. <clears throat> I like sincerely told God if he just wanted to keep doing worship, I was okay with it. <clears throat> it's true. I know, no, he did. He, did. he didn't tell me that, but, but I, I, you know, our heart is important before him, right? <clears throat> um, so, um, so I'm going to talk about trust today. Um, you know, God gave me a message. It was cool. Um, I remember I text Gio, and I was like, I just texted him the name of, of the message, and uh, nothing else. Not like, hey, I got my message. Hey, I'm ready. Let's do it this time. I just texted him the name of my message, and then I just kind of waited to see what he would say when he sees the, the words. He was like, bro, why did you text me this? And I was like, it's, it's it's the name of my message. He was like, I wrote this down in my journal when I was at a conference. God put these exact words um, in my heart, and I wrote it down. And so God is good, man. He's, you know, I love, if, you, if, you, if you've walked with God long enough, you start to see how he just kind of weaves things together, right? Nothing seems like, you know, to some people, what could seem like random coincidences, we know it's not. It's God. It's how he, it's how he works, right? Um, so on the message of trust, you know, you know, have you ever, you ever noticed how sometimes we, we can we put God in a box? It's like, it's like we want him to be God. We want him to move mightily. You know, we see others and we see how God moves in their lives. And, and like we can kind of look at that and say, well, God, you know, move like that in my life. And then, and then if he doesn't move exactly like that and... He doesn't move exactly like we expect. Sometimes we can find like this disappointment or resentment or just some type of distance start to grow within us, right? And uh, I was thinking about it. You know, we talk about the chosen a lot. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's awesome. But, you know, it gives you this pictorial of like these religious leaders of the time and how when the Messiah showed up, they just... It's not who they expected. They expected him to come back and to just be this mighty king with all of his army and just kind of stop, you know, the, the Roman oppression, right? And, and he didn't do that. Like, he did something way better. Yeah. 
but, but they couldn't see it because they had this expectation of how he would come, what he would look like, and it was nothing like what God had planned for the Messiah, right? What, what, what God's plan was. And so they watch, you know, and, and you see Nicodemus really challenged. He's like, man, I, I see him do only what God can do, right? But the religious leaders at that time, you go from a place of them seeing only what God can do to them yelling, crucify him, right? And so how do you get people who are devout to God's word and his law get to a place where they've set their expectations such that when they see him come, it's so distant, uh, different that it leads them to a place where they're so separated from God in their hearts that they're yelling, crucify him. And like, and the reason why this is on my heart is because like I, I had this um, happen to me recently, right? Like recently, it's, you know, over the last year, like, I, uh, I was invi- invited to preach a long time ago. It was, it was really a while ago. So uh, I have to make sure it's clear it was a long time ago because uh, destiny will remind you if I don't. Um, so, but I remember at the time, I, um, you know, I, I immediately, I, my, my heart was, God, what do you want to say, right? Because to be honest with you, like, there's so much I could, we could pick up in the Word and we could teach, and it's good, right? We can go passage by passage in the Bible, and it's good. There's nothing wrong with it. But I will tell you, my heart is that God, if, it, if it's up to either me or you speaking up there, I'd rather you speak, right? Because I know people are coming in, and they need a timely Word, and Lord, I just want to be a part of that. That's my heart, right? So, so what, I, what I did was I started sitting down with God like I normally do and looking to hear from him. But I remember in my, my sitting down, what started to happen with me is I started to kind of create these expectations, like these requirements, right? Like, I didn't call them that, but, but that's what started to happen. In my heart, I started to say, God, you know what? We should do a really good story, like to, just to start it off, because like stories are good, right? So <laughs> let's start off with a good story. And then I'm like, well, God, you know, like we should do like an obscure passage, like not something like people use every Sunday, because I, I just don't want to be that guy. I want to be like this obscure passage guy, right? And so like, or like use some obscure character, like where, like I, I'm going to pronounce it some way, and then you're going to sit there, and you're going to pronounce it a different way. You're going to be like, he doesn't even know how to pronounce it. Like, I just wanted something different, right? And then I wanted, you know, I, I was like, God, humor is good. You know, let's, let's, keep it, let's keep it light, right? And then... Um, and then I was like quotables, right? I was like, God, I love, like, when somebody can take, like, you know, 10 minutes of, like, preaching and sum it up into one sentence, right? And then everybody goes out to their social media reel and they pop it in. And I'm like, let's do that, but then let's, like, sprinkle the whole message with those. Like, not just, like, three of them. Like, let's do, like, 14 of them, like, throughout the message. But this is, like, this, I, honestly, this is what I found myself doing, right? And... What I realized was, because I sat down, I'm like, God, so where's the message? Like, they're asking me, like, where's the message, right? And, and so he's like, and, and he told me, like, how God talks to you, right? And he put it on my heart. He's like, I'm, you're not waiting on me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm waiting on you, right? Because what you said is you wanted to know what I had to say. But then you created all these requirements and criteria for how, you, how I'm supposed to speak. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. When you ask me to speak and you ask me to be God, it's not 
only of what I have to say, but it's how I have to say it. It's not only what you want from me, but how I'm going to bring it to you, right? Because I know better, right? So, um, so it was good because then he gave me a really uh, well-known passage to start it off because he's God. And, um, and that one that everybody here has heard. So it's, it's Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. And I'm just going to keep going, and I'll trust they'll put it up in the back. But, um, but it, it reads, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And it was so, it was so good. It was such a good reminder. Like, cause sometimes we get into self-preservation and, and self-management mode, and we forget that he's our God over everything, and, and like he knows better, and he wants better for us. But sometimes, you know, because we want control, or because lack of a trust, we don't we don't lean on that or lean into that the way that we should. So I was thinking, um, you know, he reminded me of, you know, in, in Acts eleven twenty six, it's the first time that the Bible references Christians, like the label Christians, right? And the little, literal translation of a Christian is a follower of Christ. It's the exact translation of it or definition of it. And um, it makes sense because the, it talks about, you know, and in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians, right? And the disciples were the ones who Jesus kind of just came by, picked them up, they stopped what they were doing, they cast down their nets, they left their professions, and they just followed. And so the direct translation is just follower. That's it, right? And we can, we can complicate that sometimes, but we also, if you look at kind of the modern day you know, label of Christian, sometimes it, it does seem pretty wide. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, we may check it off on a form, like what's our religious affiliation? And we say Christian. Or people may say, well, I'm Christian because my parents are Christian, right? And they can say a lot of things about, hey, you know, I'm a Christian, but their definition of being a Christian is different than following Jesus, yeah. right? And that's a disparity. That's a gap that we've got to reconcile with, right? Like in this day and age, honestly, I just don't, I think living any less than that or defining that any less or accepting anything less than that, we're just doing ourselves a disservice, right? Yeah. Like he, we follow because it's good. Yeah. We follow because he's good, right? And he has us on everything, right? So, you know, if you look in the Bible in Luke, in nine, uh, Luke 9, 57, um, you see instances where people would come up to Jesus and, you know, they were eager to follow, right? They, they said, hey, uh, I'll read it. They said, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead, but it's for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another uh, said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hands to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And it's, it's one of the biggest lies of the enemy, you know, like there's something else we need to do in order to follow right? In every instance, it was something else they needed to do to follow, whether it was comfort or going back and taking care of family or saying farewell to their friends. It was something else they needed to do to follow. 
and it's just a lie. There's nothing else that we need to do to follow. Like, the only thing, if you looked at the true definition of follow, if you applied follow in the natural life, all it requires is having the subject of who you're following in front of you, keeping your eyes on them, and doing the same thing that they're doing. That is it, right? So if we, if we just kind of break it down, we don't overcomplicate it, that's all it is. And, and that pattern is not, like, Jesus modeled this pattern. Like, man, the Bible is so good. But man, I love, like, just tracing the steps of Jesus through the Bible. Because it's so pure, right? Like, it's so, he, he showed us exactly the blueprint for how we should walk this thing out. And so, in, G, in John 5, 19, uh, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord. Only what he sees the Father doing, for whatever the Father does, that, uh, that the Son does likewise. And that's the pattern, right? It's finding out what Jesus is doing, what he's doing, what God is doing, and then just follow so my message today is God's leading us into greater trust. I mean, all of us. Like, that's not a, only applies to the front row or to the right side. It's every single one of us. There's no person in here that's reached a level of trust with God that there's no more growth for them, that God's not leading them into another level of trust with them, right? So it applies really to everybody in the body. That's what he's doing within us is continuously, perpetually leading us through trust, through trust, through trust, right? So what I'm going to share with you and what God's put on my heart today is to, to share with you four areas of trust that he's given to me. Now, I didn't mean to alliterate or break it down and have six principles or anything like that. That was not my intention. As a matter of fact, it was off of my acceptance criteria for how this message would go. <laughs> but what God did was he, um, in my time with him, he kind of brought up stories and um, testimonies of when I've witnessed him really move in an area of trust where I trusted him and he never let me down. And I feel like he just wanted me to infuse that into everybody listening today, okay? So, so the first area of trust is, is trusting his word. So I'm going to sneak in a little sip and awesome, thanks. You fill in the blank whenever I, uh, whenever I drink. So, um, so I was, having, I was having breakfast with a friend of mine uh, recently, and, uh, and he was telling me, right, I, you know, I'm getting ready to preach. I didn't say anything to him what I'm preaching about, but he just kind of volunteered. He was like, you know, God's calling me into greater trust. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So I'm like, so what does that look like? And what has God said to you, right? And so, so my friend is, he's got a radio ministry. And, um, and so he's, he's like, and he's, and he's got a motorhome. And so he was telling me, he was like, you know, I just think God is calling me to connect with the people that I broadcast to out of my radio ministry. And he's like, I'm, so I'm like, what does that look like? And he was like, well, I'm going to show up in towns that I've never been to before. And I'm going to announce that I'm coming. I'm going to invite people just to connect with me. And, he, and you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, speak truth to them. And I'm just going to connect with, I mean, I'm just going to leave room for, for God to do whatever he wants to do. And, you know, and the second part of it, you know, that I asked him, I was like, well, what, what did God say to you specifically? And he was like, you know, um, I'm just doing what he said in his word. And I was like, what? Like, you didn't, like, you didn't get confirmation? Like, well, no, no, no. 
Like, you didn't see a sign somewhere that connected to another sign somewhere that somebody confirmed and double confirmed in a dream for you before you went out and did what he said in his word? And, it, and, it, and it's, it's funny, right? But, but God said it in his word already, right? In Matthew 28, 18, um, he says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And sometimes we make this more complicated than it needs to be. If God said it, like, that's all you need. If, he, if it says it in the word, like, you can walk in it without needing six confirmations to do it first, right? And we've got to start, like... We've got to start trusting the word to the point that it drives actions and it drives us to kind of lift our feet and do what he says to do. You know, Pastor Gio talked about yesterday, and yesterday was amazing, right? And I watched, I watched um, there's so many stories, but one in particular, I watched my brother give out his jacket to somebody who was cold. And this, man, this brother was so appreciative of the jacket. And, you know, it was, he didn't have to pray about it before and say, God, should I give him his jacket? Right? It's kind of what Pastor Gio was saying. It's like, he didn't have to say, was well, he going to go and take the jacket and sell it? You know, like, God, is he going to be the coldest person that I encountered today? Like, he didn't have to overcomplicate it. He just saw somebody that was cold, and he gave them his jacket, Right? And then, honestly, it was pretty amazing because then somebody else came along that was cold and he peeled another layer off and gave him the next layer, right? And then before you know it, he went back to his truck and pulled out like three more jackets and stuff like that and he just kept on clothing people, right? And I love it because, you know, there's so many people around me that I, that I see that love so well that, you know, like they take the Bible at, at face value. And, I mean, I love to see it. Like, that was just an example. It, it blessed me so much yesterday. It was an example to me. It's like, again, like, we, he said it already. Like, there's nothing else we have to do. There's no more evidence we need. He said it in his word. Just go out, love people, right? Like, you don't need any more confirmation. So the next area of trust God um, spoke to me about was trust his leading. And... Um, I saw this quote, it's not my quote, so don't give me credit for it, but, um, but it said, you can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. And I thought that was really good. And, you know, it goes back to the point of sometimes, you know, releasing control can be tough, right? Like, I don't know about you guys, what you do at work, but in my, le you know, what I do at my job, there is a lot of calculating and process and return on investment and different things like that. And so... Sometimes it's just natural for me to take that lens to everything that I do. But I've, I've realized with God that you've got to leave room for God to just be God, yes. right? Which means you don't get to dictate that. and You don't get to control it. And if it's not happening in your timeline, you don't get to put some accelerators on it to make it move faster, right? You don't need to kind of touch the, the wheel after he set it in a particular direction. And that's a struggle that we struggle with sometimes. Yes. Like, we're like, man, it's not... It's not moving. We don't got enough people at this thing. What, what can we do about it? And I, I love it. Like, honestly, like with our leadership here, I mean, we do that. We, we try to be really intentional about that. Like, it's that we're not trying to figure out what is the, the things that are going to make, you know, like, 
you know, butts filling the seats as fast as possible. That's not the focus. It's just, it's just not. Like we talk about in times, and, and we're tempted with it. Like everybody's tempted with it. We're tempted just to kind of have the conversation of what more can we do? And then we find ourselves going back to what has God said to do? And then saying, has God said anything different? Are we praying? Are we listening, right? And then we're careful not to try to overmaneuver and overcalculate and overadjust and do things on God's behalf because he doesn't need any of that, right? He doesn't need our help in that sense. He needs our obedience. So, um, and, you know, it's funny because if we're honest with ourselves, some of the biggest movements that we've ever seen from God had nothing to do with our strategy our best laid plans, the amount of hours we spent in a room trying to develop what would be the next steps, anticipating every outcome or possible outcome. It had nothing to do with that. It was us just being obedient and God moved in and it was mighty and lives got changed and people got wrecked and people walked differently and like people were healed. Like none of that had to do with any of what we did in terms of overcalculating, overplanning, right? He's the quarterback. Like, we just need to run the play sometimes. Um, so in Acts 2, like, we see this. Um, it's talking about Pentecost. And it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the, the cool thing about that is it's one of the, the uh, primary passages when we talk about the power of God just kind of falling, right, on, on his people. And if you notice, like, they didn't, all they did was they came together in unity. That's important, right? And they were there. And then God suddenly did something, right? And that's the God, like, that's the God that we look to, the God who suddenly will heal the person who's, like, you know, suffering from, from something, right? Who will, who, who will, you know, like, do something inside of their heart that was, used to be hard, but now it's not hard, and they're weeping. And, and like, that's the God of the suddenly. That's the God that we serve, Right? And so we've got to leave room for, for that. And I do, I do believe the other part of that passage that's amazing is the unity, right? And that's something that I think God has put on our hearts like all across this body. And I don't think it's exclusive to this body. I really don't. I think he's put it on the hearts of everybody that's seeking his face. It's not good enough for us just to stay within walls or stay within the faces that we know and to just do it. Like That's a good place to start, but that's not where we finish. That's not the totality of what we do. If we're not going out there and figuring out how to unify as his body, then we are limiting what he wants to do within us, right? And that's really important to us. That's on our heart. So the third area of trust that God spoke to me, I'm going to take a sip, boot. All right. Is, uh... <laughs> we, we've got to trust the, the people that God's placed in our lives. And sometimes we don't, we don't give this much, as much credit as we really, we really should, um, and, we, you know, we've got we to gotta not believe the lie that if God wants to speak to us, that he can only tell us. Like, he will use others because others will see things that we can't see. Like, 
You know, I, I look in 2 Samuel, and I'm not going to ask you to read it, you know, up here. I'll read it to you. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to kind of tell you the high level of the story. It's about Joab and David. And Joab is a general of, the, of David's armies. And, you know, it's Absalom, David's son, that is trying to take over the kingdom and really kill everything that's dear to David's heart, right? And so Joab and the army, they defeat Absalom. And David hears about it, and David's just mourning. He's blubbering, and it's, it's visible to all the people. And now all the armies are coming back with their, their head held uh, or bowed low in, in, like, shame, like people who come back who lost a battle. And Joab, you know, goes into the king's chamber, and he tells him, he's like, listen, if you don't, if you don't go out there and stop this right now, every man in your kingdom will leave this night. Like, you, he, he checked him. He rebuked him, right? Like, he told him, like, this isn't right. You've got to do something about it. And following, the, in the, at the end of this passage, what you'll see is David listens to Joab. Like, despite him being the king and Joab being a subject under him, like, that was counsel for David. David needed Joab in his life to show him something, to speak something to him that he could not see himself. And he changed his direction as a result of that. And if you don't have people in your life that can speak to you and that can cause you to say, you know what, I trust them. They don't manipulate me. Like, you know what, like they're seeing something. And at the very least, I got to take this back and get before God and say, God, what is this? What is it that they're seeing that I can't see? And let God speak to us. And if you don't have that, listen, you got to pray about it, right? Look around. See who God has brought to you. Like, see how you can engage that relationship differently. Because if not, you're missing something. You know, there, there are times that God, uh, God constantly uses my wife in this. She sees things that I can't see. She does. Um, I got to be careful. <laughs> I tell her. Yeah. She, you know, she want me to speak for a long time on this, and I don't have, you know, 20 minutes to speak about how good she is. I could. 20 hours. Uh, I just want to make that clear, okay? But, um, <laughs> but there are times that, that I'll, I'll come to her, and I'll just talk to her, and it may be something as subtle as her just pointing out, like, how, how come you're reacting that way, though? If it doesn't bother you, how come you react that way? And I'm like, Tch. and then I go back and I'm like, God, why am I reacting that way? Like, why is that bothering me? And it, so it doesn't, sometimes it's something very simple, but, but I know that this, this, my wife has done 20 years with me, right? Like I trust her with everything. And if she sees something, then it's important for me to take that back and at least look at it, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, the, but the other way that God uses and, and why he, he puts people around us is just is also to encourage us, right? And uh, my wife and I had this conversation recently, and it wasn't a long conversation. It wasn't a belabored conversation, but we had like a bunch of things going wrong in our home. Like, we had plumbing issues that were 
we didn't expect. We had the refrigerator go out. We had the TV just stop working. We had another plumbing issue. It was just like thing after thing after thing, like just in a compressed timeline of a couple of weeks. And so I remember we just, we just talk about it, right? And, and I, while we're getting together to talk about it, we're just like, hey, you know what? These things are old things. Like they have a, a, a timeline, right? They don't last forever. And the last thing that we're going to do right now is I'm not, blam- I'm not giving the enemy any type of credit over this right now because it's not important, right? Even if the enemy comes to attack, I don't have to put my attention on him, but also I don't have to look for everything that goes wrong like, oh, man, I tripped or my, my shoelace got untied. Like that's the enemy attacking me. Like we just would not give him any credit over it. We, were, we, we said, listen, you know what? This, this thing is happening. Don't know why it's happening, but you know what? God has us, right? And and God is the best warranty there is out there. He's the best insurance plan that we have. He really is, right? He says in in Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that's what we affirm to each other. Like we could have got there and been like, woe's me, this sucks, this is horrible, how could this happen at this time, where's this money coming from? But instead we just said, you know what, God? It's your stuff right? So like we've given everything to you and we've said whatever you want to do with our lives, however you want to use it, use it. So when something breaks, we're just going to look back at you and say, God, it's yours, whatever you want to do with it. And we did that, man. And it, was, it, it wasn't a long conversation, but it was powerful. We both walked away encouraged and we were just reminded. And that's how God uses people in our lives, just to remind us sometimes of how God is good and to help kind of shift the focus a little bit. So, when, you know, if there's a temptation to start looking in the wrong direction, we don't. We focus it right back on God, right? So, and I will tell you, so that happened in the span of a couple of weeks, and just in the span of a couple weeks more after we said that, like God brought money unexpectedly out of nowhere that covered all those spe- expenses plus more, like, you know, like double the amount. Like, and again, like it, this is the thing is, is that we've seen him do that time and time again, right? It, we don't get to the place where it's like, well, God, you have to like. That's, that's not the relationship that we have with God, but we have a relationship of trust that we're saying, God, it's yours, right? So whatever, we're going to deal, deal with this how we know how to deal with this right now. We're going to listen to you, and we're going to do what we need to do, and you're, you're good. And then, and then he just kind of comes behind and just kind of blesses us because, again, he's, he's the best warranty insurance plan we could ever have, right? So the last area I'm going to talk to today is trusting his voice. And, um, and we bought our home a few years back, several years back, and I remember we were doing the walkthrough in our home, and man, you know, it had all the amount of rooms that we really needed for our family. It had enough bathrooms that we needed. The, the, the lot size was big. I had an office. Martha had an office. It just like had everything that we, we needed, right? But I remember as we got in there, God started to give us a vision for what it could be. Like, it had everything that we needed, but God had a vision for what it could be, right? And so he started to connect us with people to help us to bring that, that vision to pass. And I remember the first person he, he brought a, a, along, a friend of ours from, from church, and he helped us build a, a treehouse. I'm looking for Ellie around here somewhere. Oh, there she is. Uh, but, but uh, he helped us build a treehouse, and, um, and it, was, it was amazing. I learned so much from building that treehouse, and I was so blessed that this brother came along, uh, who's his, her son, uh, and he helped, um, he helped us build this treehouse, right? 
And, um, and so that, I, you know, I got to do some sawing and some hammering, drilling, all that stuff, and, and was really kind of learning stuff because, again, God was taking me on a journey. Like, he showed me a vision. He showed us a vision for what it was going to be. He just didn't tell us exactly how we would get like that, right? And so, but, like, we start to see project by project, and the next kind of pivotal point is there was another uh, couple really good friends of ours, people that we love, and, um, and they were renovating a home, and they needed help renovating their home. And I remember, like, God put it on my heart. He was like, offer to help, right? And uh, so, I, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll show up and help and give you free labor. You know, just, just teach me, right? Like, I just, I, I just need some, I would love to learn what you know how to do. And if you'll teach me, I'll just show up. And, you know, the only thing that I could give in that equation was my faithfulness. That's really the only thing I can do, was be obedient in that situation. And it's funny because I wasn't really handy, like, at all. I'm being, I'm being generous to myself right now. Um, so, like, aside from the treehouse, right, which was my biggest project, the next biggest project was hanging or replacing a ceiling fan. I'm, I'm impressed that I didn't die and get electrocuted <laughs> in doing that. But I did that, came out, I, I, I survived that. And then it was like hanging a TV or a couple of TVs. And like, just to give you kind of a frame of context here, like my skills, my craftsmanship were to the level of, if you look behind the TV, you would probably see a few sets of holes of where I tried to hang it before unsuccessfully, it didn't go so well, but I eventually got it. Like, that's kind of where I was at. So if you, if any of you are there or have been there, like, that's where I was at. So now, of course, when I, when I told, when I asked my friends, like, hey, I'll help you, I didn't show them, like, behind my TV before, <laughs> before I did that. Like, God gave me enough wisdom that I wasn't going to, like, show all the bad stuff before I said, hey, I'll come and help you. You got a TV? You know, no. Um, so, but, uh. But it changed my life, right? And it was God's voice that just told me. He just, he just told me. Simple. It was like, just offer to help. And I just kept on showing up. And they were like, hey, we got another thing we're going to do. And I'm like, cool. What, what time? What day? You know, it would be multiple days a week. And I just keep showing up and keep showing up. And the cool thing is, is, you know, I'm watching as I was able to kind of learn stuff there, being able to take it back to my home. And now God is using me to bring the vision that he gave to me before, right? So I didn't know how he would do it, but he knows how he's going to do it. And, and the principle there is, is that we don't, we don't say yes to the journey. We say yes to him, right? Like sometimes we get in this place where we feel like, well, God, if I'm going to follow you, I need to know everything, you know, every bump I'm going to hit, you know, what am I sacrificing? And it doesn't work that way. You know, I'm gonna, and I'm going to close it here. Um, you know, if, if you're in a place, you, I, I really felt like, and you know, that God was, was giving me this message. And I feel like there's people out there here today, you know, and, and you're, you're a place. And God's calling you into a deeper level of trust. And, uh, and it might be because you can't see the, the full journey that you're kind of hesitant on saying yes. It could be that you don't know where the resources are gonna come from, right? And so you're like, I, I, can't, 
move forward because I don't know how the resources and God is just saying, don't worry about the whole thing. Just do this next step right here. Like say yes to me. Don't worry about the whole journey. Don't worry about every step. Or we've been hurt, right? And that hurt prevents us from following what he's saying. Or you can just fill in the blank any fear that you have, right? Because it's fear that holds us back from fully trusting God, right? So my encouragement to you is, is God's calling us into deeper, level of, deeper levels of trust. And we don't have to overcomplicate it. We really don't. Like, all he's asking for is he's asking for our yes. That's really the only thing. That's the only thing that we get to contribute to the whole process is to say yes, right? When we say yes, what follows a yes is, yes, God, I'll follow you. And then it's following him, right? It starts with a yes. And then it's just, God, wherever you're going, I'm going, right? And my experience, and that's kind of why I wanted to share kind of stories of what God has done in my life, is my experience of God has never let us down. He really hasn't. I can say it in full confidence. God has never let me down. I've been overwhelmed by, you know, times when I'm like, God, um, you're good. To me. Why are you so good to me? You know what I mean? Like, how, how are you showing up like this for me? But he'll do that for you. Like, all you have to do is give him your yes. There's, there's one last scripture. I'll just flash it up there. It's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And it's trust in the Lord with all your heart and, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your, your path straight. And so um, I hope the word has blessed you today. What I would like to do is I'd just like to pray with you. Um, so if you'll just kind of bow your heads and, and we'll just kind of seal this. God, we, uh, we love you, Lord, and, and you're amazing. Like, it never, we never get tired of saying you're amazing or saying how good you are, God. And Lord, we just, we give you our yes, God. Whatever it is in our lives today, Father, that next level of trust, that thing that you're saying, do this, and it just seems so scary, Father, we pray for your grace in this moment, Father, that we would commit a yes to our hearts, Father, to just follow you, Lord, that we know that in our hearts there is no other path where you're not leading, Lord, that we want to go down. Father, cement that in our hearts today. Give us the grace to just step into this and walk it out, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you move mightily, Father. Your promises are yes and amen for all of us, Father. You've said so much that's good in your word, Father. You've put people around us, Lord, that we can trust, Father. You speak to your sheep, Lord. You, you, you give us your word, Father, and you're live, Lord. You're speaking into our hearts today. And, Lord, we just step into that, Lord. We love you. And we honor you, Lord, and we praise you, and we thank you for all these things, and we just seal it with an amen. 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 That message right there will be on our YouTube. You need to listen to it like three or four more times. I should have brought my journal. Man, there's so many tangible things in there, and one thing that I would just ask of you as you go is ask the Lord one area where you can trust him greater this week. Like, make it tangible. What blessed me yesterday when I was telling you the stories, the Lord was reminding me. Why, as he was speaking, he showed me because I felt elated. I texted Steve. I said, I feel like light. And the Lord is because I stepped into new, new levels of trust with him. Like I had, I shared with you guys the, last week how I felt like, I don't know when was the last time I just walked up to somebody and shared the gospel. I would always wait for God to bring me somebody. And I share the gospel a lot, but they would always come to me. And as I was obedient and trusting him, 
I had these encounters. So one area, man, it doesn't have to be visible. It doesn't have to be seen. The Bible says, actually, when people see what you do, that's your reward. So let's, let's just ask the Lord, how can I trust you? How can I trust you in greater measure and take steps of action? Amen? So stand up, give somebody a hug, and we'll see you guys next week. We love you guys, man. That was amazing.